Section 201 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain Letter 264 Bath, December 18, 1763 My dear friend, I received your letter this morning, in which you reproach me with not having written to you this week. The reason was that I did not know what to write. There is that sameness in my life here that every day is still but as the first. I see very few people, and in the literal sense of the word I hear nothing. Mr. L. and Mr. C. I hold to be two very ingenious men, and your image of the two men ruined, one by losing his lawsuit and the other by carrying it, is a very just one. To be sure they felt in themselves uncommon talents for business and speaking, which were to reimburse them. Hart has a great poetical work to publish, before it be long. He has shown me some parts of it. He had entitled it Emblems, but I persuaded him to alter that name for two reasons. The first was, because they were not emblems, but fables. The second was, that, if they had been emblems, Quarles had degraded and vilified that name to such a degree, that it is impossible to make use of it after him. So they are to be called fables, though moral tales would, in my mind, be the properest name. If you ask me what I think of those I have seen, I must say that, Sunt plura bona, quadem modiocra, et quadem. Your report of future changes I cannot think is wholly groundless, for it still runs strongly in my head, that the mine we talked of will be sprung, at or before the end of the session. I have got a little more strength, but not quite the strength of Hercules, so that I will not undertake, like him, fifty deflorations in one night, for I really believe that I could not compass them. So good night, and God bless you. Letter 265. Bath, December twenty-fourth, 1763. Dear friend, I confess I was a good deal surprised at your pressing me so strongly to influence Parson Rosenhagen, when you well know the resolution I had made several years ago, and which I have scrupulously observed ever since, not to concern myself, directly or indirectly, in any party political contest whatsoever. Let parties go to loggerheads as much and as long as they please. I will neither endeavor to part them, nor take the part of either, for I know them all too well. But you say that Lord Sandwich has been remarkably civil and kind to you. I am very glad of it, and he can by no means impute to you my obstinacy, folly, or philosophy, call it what you please. You may with great truth assure him that you did all you could to obey his commands." I am sorry to find that you are out of order, but I hope it is only a cold. Should it be anything more, pray consult Dr. Matty, who did you so much good in your last illness, when the great medicinal matadores did you rather harm. I have found a Monsieur Diaphorus here, Dr. Moisey, who has really done me a good deal of good, and I am sure I wanted it a great deal when I came here first. I have recovered some strength, and a little more will give me as much as I can make use of. Lady Brown, whom I saw yesterday, makes you many compliments, and I wish you a Merry Christmas and a good night. Adieu. Letter 266. Bath, December 31st, 1763. My dear friend, Grevenkop wrote me word, by the last post, that you were laid up with the gout, but I much question it, that is, whether it is the gout or not. Your last illness, when you went abroad, was pronounced the gout, by the skilful, and proved at last a mere rheumatism. Take care that the same mistake is not made this year, 
and that by giving you strong and hot medicines to throw out the gout, they do not inflame the rheumatism, if it be one. Mr. Wilkes has imitated some of the great men of antiquity, by going into voluntary exile. It was his only way of defeating both his creditors and his prosecutors. Whatever his friends, if he has any, give out of his returning soon, I will answer for it, that it will be a long time before that soon comes. I have been much out of order these four days of a violent cold, which I do not know how I got, and which obliged me to suspend drinking the waters. But it is now so much better that I propose resuming them for this week, and paying my court to you in town on Monday or Tuesday seven-night. But this is sub spirata only. God bless you. Letter 267. Blackheath, July twentieth, 1764. My dear friend, I have this moment received your letter of the third from Prague, but I never received that which you mentioned from Ratisbonne. This made me think you in such rapid motion that I did not know where to take aim. I suppose that you are arrived, though not yet settled, at Dresden. Your audiences and formalities are, to be sure, over, and that is a great ease of mind to you. I have no political events to acquaint you with. Summer is not the season for them. They ripen only in winter. Great ones are expected immediately before the meeting of Parliament, but that, you know, is always the language of fears and hopes. However, I rather believe that there will be something patched up between the ins and the outs. The whole subject of conversation, at present, is the death and will of Lord Bath. He has left above twelve hundred thousand pounds in land and money, four hundred thousand pounds in cash, stocks, and mortgages. His own estate in land was improved to fifteen thousand pounds a year, and the Bradford estate, which he purchased, is as much, both which, at only five and twenty years' purchase, amount to eight hundred thousand pounds. And all this he has left to his brother, General Pulteney, and in his own disposal, though he never loved him. The legacies he has given are trifling, for in truth he cared for nobody. The words give and bequeath were too shocking for him to repeat, and so he left all in one word to his brother. The public, which was long the dupe of his simulation and dissimulation, begins to explain upon him, and draws such a picture of him as I gave you long ago. Your late secretary has been with me three or four times. He wants something or other, and it seems all one to him what, whether civil or military. In plain English he wants bread. He has knocked at the doors of some of the ministers, but to no purpose. I wish with all my heart that I could help him. I told him fairly that I could not, but advised him to find some channel to Lord B., which, though a Scotsman, he told me he could not. He brought a packet of letters from the office to you, which I made him seal up and keep for you, as I suppose it makes up the series of your Ratisbonne letters. As for me, I am just what I was when you left me, that is, nobody. Old age steals upon me insensibly. I grow weak and decrepit, but do not suffer, and so I am content. Forbes brought me four books of yours, two of which were Bielefeld's letters, in which, to my knowledge, there are many notorious lies. Make my compliments to Comte Einseidel, whom I love and honor much, and so good night to sign excellence. Now our correspondence may be more regular, and I expect a letter from you every fortnight. I will be regular on my part, but write oftener to your mother, if it be but three lines. End of section 201. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.